Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, I'm bringing you guys my fantasy football rankings for the tight end position for 2020. I have all these guys ranked inside of tiers, and I'm going to be talking about each and every single player inside of this video and talk about why I have them ranked where I do for fantasy football in 2020. Now, before I get into the video, I'd like to ask you guys could please go down below and click that subscribe button. It's free, and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship. So, without further ado, Let's get into Tier 1 at the tight end position. Now, Tier 1 begins with tight end Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Travis Kelsey has been a mainstay for the last couple of years as one of those top three tight ends in fantasy football. The situation is pretty much unchanged for Travis Kelsey in 2020. You know this guy is going to be a monster in the red zone. You know Pat Mahomes is going to give the ball to Travis Kelsey a million times a game, and you know how this offense runs. The ball is going either super far down the fucking field or five feet in front of Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey makes plays happen all over the field. He doesn't actually just catch the ball five yards away. He can catch it 10 yards away, 15 yards away. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Kelsey was running down the field, picked up a defender, put him on his back like he was his, like the kid is his goddamn child, and walked down the field and caught a goddamn touchdown because that's just how skilled of a player Travis Kelsey is. You can expect the same production pretty much on a week-in, week-out basis. That's why these guys are in the Tier 1. They are by far, by far the most safe players at the tight end position. The tight end position is very top-heavy. After the first couple of guys at the tight end position, it really becomes the unknown. Now, it's not that the players are unknown. It's just you're not too sure on a week-to-week -week basis how consistent these guys are going to be. That's why some people target tight ends early. Now, I'm not necessarily a part of that crowd, but Travis Kelsey is definitely worthy of a second or third round pick. That's why I got him here at my tight end number one. Now, I don't see too much of a difference between him and George Kittle. That's kind of why they are in the same tier. George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if Debo Samuel misses a large amount of time, and by large amount of time, I mean his projections probably to miss one week to four or five. So if he was to miss four or five weeks, George Kittle could start the season on fire. This guy, it'll be like Evil Knievel shooting through a fucking ring of fire or something. That's how on fire George Kittle will be. Jimmy Guap loves to throw the ball to him. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, not known for having some type of a fucking arm like Patrick Mahomes. He just looks, he's the game manager, throws the ball his way. George Kittle gets the ball a zillion times, scores a million touchdowns because George Kittle is the guy for that San Francisco 49ers offense. Besides Debo Samuel, he is the number one target on the field. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo looks to him so much because of how reliable George Kittle is. It's the same thing with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Something real quick I forgot to mention about Travis Kelsey is that this guy could score the most touchdowns in the NFL at wide receiver or tight end, so that would be receiving touchdowns. Now, I am a betting man, so sprinkling a little bit of money on him to be the receiving touchdown leader would not be all that surprising. If George Kittle was the receiving touchdown leader, I wouldn't be surprised either. Considering how effective the 49ers are in the red zone, you literally, all you have to do is do a fucking play action because they run the ball so much, and you just dunk it over, you just hit him with a dink and dunk, and you throw it to George Kittle, and then bang, that's a touchdown every single time. Both of these guys are going to be very, very safe on a week-in, week-out basis. Obviously, Travis Kelsey on a more pass-heavy team, but it doesn't seem to matter for George Kittle, even on a team that's going to run the ball a lot. George Kittle is still so involved in that offense. So I got him inside of tier one as my tight end number two. Now onto tier number two at the tight end position. Now we get a little bit larger. We went from two players to four and this is tight end three through number six. Now if you guys know me, you know I love Mr. Maki Mock Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. I talked this guy up 
all of last season, and by God, did he perform. This guy scored a zillion touchdowns last season. This guy did not get all that many yards. His touchdown total really elevated his point total in fantasy football, but I think this year it might cut back. His touchdown total might cut back, but I think the receptions, targets, and receiving yards are going to go up a lot for Baltimore. I project that this team is not going to be as run heavy in 2020. I believe that the Tennessee Titans outlined a nice blueprint for teams to figure out how to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Which, to simply put it, is to just stop Lamar Jackson and stop them from being able to run the ball kind of like, you know, what Lamar Jackson fucking does best. And Mark Andrews last year was a very key piece to this Baltimore Ravens offense, especially inside of the red zone. Mark Andrews was getting looks all over the field, and one of his biggest competitors on the team is tight end Hayden Hurst, that was formerly of the Baltimore Ravens last season. He sucked away some targets. Now his ass is gone. All they got is Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle, and if you guys know Nick Boyle, he's listed as like the starter on every goddamn roster because he's just out there blocking. He's a beast. He's like a fucking next offensive lineman for the team, but that doesn't matter for fantasy because Mark Andrews is going to be the guy rolling out there, scoring the touchdowns, and being a beast for your team. With Hayden Hurst gone, there's definitely potential for Mark Andrews to be a top two guy. I would not be surprised out of all these guys if Andrews was the number one guy at the end of the season. I like Andrews so much that I almost put him inside of tier two by himself since I feel like he is a step above these other guys in the second tier, but it wouldn't make sense to have just one guy in that tier. So at number four, we have Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you guys have been watching me for a little bit of time, you know I'm not really one to draft Darren Waller, but that's because I feel like if you're not getting one of those top three guys, I'm honestly just waiting until the end of the draft and taking one of the later guys that I think has a lot of upside. Now, Darren Waller is a middle round draft pick. He pretty much goes out after in ADP, goes after Andrews, goes after Ertz, and then it's Waller, because Waller put up an excellent season last year, really came out of nowhere, well, not really nowhere, because again, if you're watching fantasy football content last year, towards the end of the preseason, I was talking up Darren Waller, and that guy hit as well. I was a huge fan of Darren Waller. I think that he was a very big focal point of this Oakland Raiders offense last year, now they're the Las Vegas Raiders, and Derek Carr loved to throw the ball to Darren Waller. Now, something I noticed last season was that once Hunter Renfro became healthy later in the season, we saw Darren Waller kind of get his points sucked away because he just loves to throw the ball to fucking Hunter Renfro for some reason. Maybe it's because they both have the same hairstyle, him and Derek Carr, but Darren Waller kind of suffered in that situation, so I'm not saying Darren Waller is going to be bad. I still think he's going to be a top five tight end, but I just don't expect him to be super amazing like I expect uh, Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews to be. So now at number five, we have tight end Hayden Hurst of the Atlanta Falcons. Now Hayden Hurst is my favorite late round tight end. He, I love him so much that his ADP rose. Now I don't think I fucking caused his ADP to move up because I don't have that much power in the community, but I fucking love this guy. I've been talking him up for months, and now he reaches the top five. He's been in the top five this whole time. I almost had him at four because I love him so much. He is that guy that Mark Andrews was for me last year. He's that guy that I see in the late round, and I pick him in every fucking league because I believe so heavily in him. He goes to Atlanta, which is the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL, where their offensive coordinator is Dirk Cutter, who loves to throw the ball to the tight end. It seems like some simple math right there. You get a coach that likes to throw the ball, plus the offensive coordinator that likes to give the ball to the tight end equals fantasy points for the tight end. Austin Hooper almost had a hundred targets last year in 13 games. Didn't even full play a full 16 game slate. Still finished inside of the top six at the tight end position. So Hayden Hurst to me is a super safe pick late in drafts. And I'm really looking forward to him in Atlanta this season. 
And to close out tier number two, we have Julie Ertz's wife, or not wife, fucking husband, Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Zach Ertz has gotten up there in age. Now, I'm not saying he's a bum now. He just has fallen outside of the top three. I still think he's a decently safe pick. Now, my worry about Zach Ertz is why I have him at six is because last year, what we saw in his point total changing. The beginning of the year, Zach Ertz was legitimately a travesty for your roster. You would have been pissed off if you drafted him highly because he just wasn't playing all that well. And then once all the wide receivers went down, Zach Ertz emerged like a cock in the morning. And I'm talking penis as well as a rooster because those motherfuckers wake up super early. And Zach Ertz was not playing well. And out of nowhere, everyone gets hurt. It's a goddamn wasteland in Philadelphia, which honestly... Could happen again. Jalen Rager already hurt their wide receivers. I assume um, Alshon Jeffries probably also already hurt somewhere. So they always get hurt, and that's what's going to boost Zach Ertz up. Now, the problem with Zach Ertz also is that his usage is slowly going down, and Dallas Goddard's is slowly going up because I think eventually Dallas Goddard will take over. When will that be? I have no idea. I think Zach Ertz has at least one more good year in him. So I got him at the bottom of Tier 2 for this season. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. Now on to tier number three at the tight end position. We start off here with number seven, Janu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. Janu Smith is one of my favorite late round tight ends. If you look at a picture of this guy, he has a long ass neck and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because He's eaten too many W's in Tennessee that it just goes straight to his neck. I have no idea. Janu Smith was not all that good last year, if I'm being honest with you. He didn't really show too many stats to be like, oh, Nick, holy shit, I want to draft Janu Smith. I understand that, but the situation is there. The Tennessee Titans have in the past liked to use a tight end. Delaney Walker got his ass off. He got off the walking boot, got out of the walker. You know, he stumbled onto the field because he's an old man, and now he's gone. He said, Bonito, my career's over. I'm out of here. I'm tired of getting hurt, and Janu Smith is going to emerge. I think that Ryan Tannehill will throw the ball to him a decent amount, so I'm going to go ahead and believe in him and draft him here as my tight end number seven. At tight end number eight, we have a guy that would be inside the top five tight ends if he could stay healthy, and that is Hunter Henry of the LA Superchargers. Now, he no longer has the tight end king, Philip Rivers. You know how much Philip Rivers likes tight ends? You should know because the motherfucker has nine kids. Get it? Winky face, winky face. Hunter Henry is a beast. This guy is a freak of nature, an absolutely huge unit of a man who's going to be scoring a bunch of touchdowns. But without Phillip Rivers, with the uncertainty at quarterback, I could not reasonably rank him inside of the tier two at the tight end position, even though as athlete wise or tight end wise, like in real life, he would be up there. At number nine, we have Tyler Higby of the LA Rams. Now, Tyler Higby came out of fucking nowhere. It took injuries to happen, but then Higby God is out there for the LA Rams. And last season, that was because Towards the deep end of the season, they committed to not the one, but the two tight end set in LA, which really shown the emergence of Robert Woods and Tyler Higby in this offense. I see a similar outcome in 2019 of the use, or in 2020, of the use of the two tight end set, which will obviously boost up Tyler Higby. I think that Higby played very well last season. I don't expect him to be like a top three guy in points per game like he was deep down in the season, but I do project a solid season for Tyler Higby, and that's why I got him as tight end number nine in 2010 or in 2020 at number 10 we have Mike Gesicki of my Miami Dolphins I love me some licky on my Gesicki uh. now Gesicki had an excellent season down the stretch but this was due to Preston Williams getting hurt now right now in practice Preston Williams 
looks healthy. He looks phenomenal, and he looks ready to go. So I am worried about Mike Gesicki. I'm worried about the fact that Preston Williams just sucks all the targets in, like that SpongeBob guy who goes, and all the fucking burgers fly into his mouth. If you guys watched that when you were a kid, I'm not sure how old all you guys are, but I used to watch that as a kid. This guy is a fucking beast, though, when he was getting targets. So the question is, will he get targeted by Ryan Tannehill? Not Ryan Tannehill, by Ryan Fitzmagic? I sure hope so. As a big fan of Mike Kosicki, I project that he should be fine this season. I just don't want to overrate him due to the fact that we're not too sure what's going to happen at the beginning of the season if Williams is going to suck away those targets again and what happens once Tua becomes the starting quarterback of the team. At number 11, we have Dallas Godert of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I did talk about Zach Ertz's demise in Snapshare and Dallas Godert's ascendance in Snapshare, and that's why I got him at tight end number 11. Those wide receivers on the team, like I said earlier, are as injury-prone as it gets, so don't be surprised if Godard and Ertz are the only healthy pass catchers on this team nine weeks into the season. Now, Godert's definitely a sneaky one because in most situations, you're not going to want to draft the second tight end on a team ahead of a guy that is the number one tight end on other teams. But I like Dallas Godert a lot. I definitely think he's super safe later in drafts. So I like him here as my tight end number 11. At tight end number 12, we have Easy E Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram is by far one of the most freak fucking athletes you've ever seen. This guy is pretty much a wide receiver, but he's just listed as a tight end. I don't know, but the guy's a fucking beast. The problem with him is injury. Just like with Hunter Henry, this guy just cannot stay out of the injury tent. Now, Hunter Henry actually can because he still plays like 12 games. Evan Ingram will play like 8 or 10 games. Now, that's obviously a huge knock on him and why I don't like to draft him in the middle rounds of the draft. I think he'll be perfectly fine. He'll finish as a top 12 tight end, but will he play every game? In my opinion, no. At number 13, we have Jackie Jack Doyle of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, we talked about Hunter Henry and the love that Phillip Rivers has for that tight end, and he brought his sweet ass all the way to Indianapolis to become the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, and Jack Doyle last year was locked in a box. He had his chastity belt on because Eric Ebron was there. When Ebron was hurt, Doyle was unleashed onto this offense and was balling out. Now, Eric Ebron is out of the equation. He got shipped over there to the steel curtain in Pittsburgh and Jack Doyle is going to have a quite a good season. I would not be surprised if he finished inside of like the top eight, strictly off of the immense amount of volume that Philip Rivers provides to a tight end. Philip Rivers has averaged a top eight tight end over his career in fantasy football, so don't be shocked if Jackie Jack Doyle is that guy in 2020. At number 14, we have Jared Cook of the New Orleans Saints. Now he is probably the most unsexy pick besides Jack Doyle in this tier three. Now, I don't really love Jack Doyle. I'm not, uh, not Jack Doyle. I love Jack Doyle. I'm not really brought in on Jared Cook all that much, but he's on an awesome offense that is going to be scoring points. And it seems like Jared Cook is just always open in the end zone. So Drew Brees is just heaving it to him. He's catching it. Booda bang, bada boom, a touchdown for Jared Cook. That's just what seems like was happening a lot. So I like Jared Cook here. Don't love him, but hey, he's definitely safe since he's on such a high octane offense where Drew Brees loves to throw him the ball. Now, tier four, of the tight end position is brought to you by my friends and my sponsor at manscaped.com. If you want to have the best looking family jewels in your league, if you want the tight end one, that Travis Kelsey, that George Kittle of nuts, you want to make sure you use manscaped.com code notorious at checkout. You want some ball deodorant, you want that shit smelling A1. Fuego, make sure to use code Notorious for 20% off as well as free shipping on manscaped.com. Now, onto tier three at the tight end position, or not tier three, onto tier four, brought to you by Manscaped. Like I said, number 15, Burger King Foot Lettuce, Robert Gronkowski, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end. 
Big Boy Gronk is back in the NFL after retiring last year, after saying, you know what, I'm done with getting concussed. I'm done with, I mean, his story after the Super Bowl of how dead he felt. I felt terrible for the guy. But for some reason, Tom called him up. He whispered sweet nothings into his ear. And bang, Gronk's fucking back, baby. And he's in Tampa Bay, one of the most high-octane offenses in the NFL. Tom Brady loves George Kittle. Not George Kittle. He loves Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady loves nothing more than that big motherfucker Rob Gronkowski in the end zone. Now, he has another big motherfucker named Mike Evans that is also going to be wide open in the end zone. So it's going to be very hard for defenses to figure out who to cover. Do you cover Gronk? Do you cover Mike Evans? What happens if you don't do that? Then out of nowhere, the two tight end sets out there and Cameron Brate scores a touchdown or OJ Howard or Godwin is wide open or Ronald Jones runs up the middle or Tom Brady just hops over the end zone like he always does. What are you supposed to do? There's really no way to stop it. Rob Gronkowski, I don't expect him to have a healthy season. That's why I got him ranked back here. The guy just has not completed a season since the early 2010s, so I'm not going to go ahead and draft Gronk, expecting something amazing for the whole season, but on a week-to-week basis, I would not be surprised if Rob Gronkowski finished as like a top 10 guy in points per game. At number 16, we have Austin Hoop God of the Cleveland Browns. Now, Austin Hooper has absolutely went down the Austin Pooper because he went from the best situation like I talked about with Hayden Hurst. He was in Atlanta, where they love to throw the ball to the tight end. Now he gets to have shipped to Cleveland, where I don't think they like the tight end that much in Cleveland. They sure like to take it in the tight end, though, in Cleveland. Sorry to you Cleveland Browns fans. But Austin Hooper, he's in a situation here where David Njoku's still there. They have a bunch of pass catchers on that team in Odell and Jarvis Landry. They have Kareem Hunt, they have Nick Chubb, and they have the run-heavy coach. This ain't going to add up for Austin Hooper to be super successful. I think he'll probably be fine. Finishes like a top 20 guy, but nothing too special for me. Out of Austin Hoop, got it. Not 17, we have Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. Now, I was higher than Elon Musk on Noah Fant before the NFL draft. But the draft hit me with a fucking backhand straight to the face. Hit me with the 1-2 Mayweather combo over there. Because now there's too many people there. We don't know how good Drew Locke is. I love Drew Locke horsecock Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos, but we don't really know how good he is. He only has a five-game sample size. He could have just been thugging on the fucking sideline because he does have that swagger. You know what I'm saying? You saw him rap that song. What a real alpha male that guy is, straight thugging on the goddamn sideline. I don't even know if people say that anymore. I'm saying it more as a joke, but he was balling on the sideline. He's playing well, but now there's a lot of guys there. There's Judy, there's Hamler, there's Sutton, and now there's Fant. Well, Fant have a, could Fant have a great season? I wouldn't be surprised because he's a very talented player, very good measurables, but I'm just not sure this is the right situation for Fant to have that excellent breakout season in his second year in the NFL. At number 18, we have Ian Thomas of the Carolina Panthers. Now, the only hope for Ian Thomas is kind of where we're getting into a shit show type of area with Ian Thomas is that they just use him. They like In the past, Greg Olson was good in that Carolina offense, but now they bring in a new coach. So who really knows what's going to happen there? Ian Thomas has shown promise, though, and Teddy Throzevelt has thrown the ball to tight ends before, so let's just hope he does. Now at 19, we have Chris Herndon, much more of a sexy pick at number 19. I kind of wanted to move him above Ian Thomas, and I probably might end up doing that eventually because I love fucking Chris Herndon. Um, my favorite Tier 4 tight end. I mean, this guy is... The only good target on that offense, besides probably Le'Veon Bell for Mono Man, Sam to throw the ball to. According to the reports out of training camp, Chris Herndon's lighting it up, and the rest of the team is going to be lighting up 
I don't even know. They're gonna have to be lighting up their con the GM's gonna light up their goddamn contract because half these motherfuckers are getting shot out of here because it is an embarrassment of an offense. But Chris Herndon, who's not of the New York Football Giants, actually a New York Football Jet. I don't know why I wrote New York Giants. Probably because it's the better team in New York. But at the end of the day, Chris Herndon is going to be a beast in 2020. I hope. But you're obviously taking the risk of the fact that this guy is on the goddamn Jets which is why he is ranked so low. At number 20, we have TJ Hawken, God of the Detroit Lions. He's also kind of a sexier pick back here because he is the upside. Now, the worry is that he has said he's not fully 100%. He says he's feeling like 60%. And I want my tight end feeling 110% confident in his health. So that's worrisome. But he says this shit, and then there's videos coming out of camp of this guy, Calvin, playing like fucking Calvin Johnson, playing like Megatron, mossing these kids. And it's like, I don't understand what the fuck's happening here. So TJ Hawkinson, I like him. But I won't buy super too much in since he says he's not healthy. At 22 or 21, we have Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, last year, we all bought in Vance McDonald. We're all high on him, and he fucked us all up. So I'm not going to buy into Ebron. I think Ebron could score a million touchdowns. But what if he only scores like six touchdowns, doesn't get all that many targets, and is kind of a secondary look for Big Ben? Then you're not going to be too happy with Mr. Eric Ebron. At 21, definitely has some upside, though. And we'll probably get picked higher than that based on name value. At 22, we have Blakey Blake Jowin of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this guy, a lot of people are getting on their knees and giving this guy the good old sucky sucky. Why? Because of the vacated targets in Dallas from Witten, as well as the fact that this offense is just so good. But at the end of the day, you can't project all these guys from Dallas to have a fantastic year unless you expect Dak Prescott to throw for 7,000 goddamn yards. So that's why I'm lower on Blake Jarwin than most. But hey, go ahead. I can definitely see the upside for Blakey Blake Jarwin on this high octane Dallas offense. At 23, we have Irvy Smith of the Minnesota Vikings. I love me some Irv Smith in Dynasty. Not too much love him this year, but hey, he's definitely a late-round pick, late-round flyer that you just say, please, fantasy gods, let Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, or what's his name? Kyle Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, get hurt. You don't want that to happen, though. I hope Kyle Rudolph stays healthy, but if he was to get hurt, Irv Smith may be looking extra sexy here late in the draft. Final guy of the video, Jace Sternberger of the Green Bay Packers. Now, do you know something about Aaron Rodgers is that he loved Jimmy Graham in the past? That's what I know about him. He used to throw to Jimmy Graham, but so did Drew Brees. You know, shout out to that guy. But you all know what he also does? He threw, throws touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers, to uh, the other Rodgers. If you guys remember that, that, that Hail Mary touchdown. What have tight ends really done in Green Bay? Not that much. But what does Aaron Rodgers do? Makes playmakers on his team. So let's hope Jay Sternberger is pretty good. Tight end 24. Also, shout out to Mr. 2-4. Kobe Bryant. Thank you guys all for watching this video. If you did end up enjoying at any point, maybe you had a nice laugh, you had a nice fucking chuckle, make sure to click that subscribe button because it lets me know that you guys had a fun time. Make sure you leave a comment down below as well. I'd love to talk to you. If you want those balls to look pristine, click the link down below, manscaped.com slash, or not slash, promo code notorious at checkout. I love each and every single one of you guys, and I would really appreciate seeing you guys later in another video. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Make sure to stay safe. I'll see you guys later with another video. Goodbye!